They were further back with Sir Grey, but Dubai Future came into the lead. Valiant Prince and Ottoman Fleet are together 200 metres up. A breakaway then to Freescape. Dubai Future stretching every sinew with Valiant Prince finishing stronger though. And Valiant Prince gets the better of Dubai Future. It was the closing stages of the El Rashidiya. For those that missed it, it was a Godolphin trifecta. And Will Buick got rolled by the Doyler. He did. He often does. We talk about that a little bit here, where this is a pro-Doyle space. Big time. And he does have a slightly less but very similar impact to William Buick, despite getting the second strings. And if you look at his statistics, um, rating to rating, he has a slightly better record than William Buick in terms of getting a, a rating out of a horse. That's a very noisy statistic, but one all the same. And... I was just having a little look. Past couple of years in in Dubai, Buick has underperformed the market, and Doyle has outperformed the market one and a half times, and riding nearly three times as many winners as per chance. If you're getting on Charlie Appleby's horses, you'll you'll go a long way. You got on Valiant Prince there, who is a good one and produced a career best, and Ottoman Fleet, who ran third for William Buick, couldn't quite. Oh, actually, no. Pretty essentially did match his best to this point. So nothing really wrong with what William Buick did, other than getting. Beaten Dubai Future, splitting them for Saeed, the Dubai traffic cop. And yeah, as you say, Godolphin, one, two, three, lots of blue in Dubai. And that's when you look at those big impact values for Buick and Doyle, that's because Godolphin are really dominating those races. And if you look at the history of the Al Rashidi, you go back and you see those good South African horses, the Apache versus Gedericx, those horses, the big South Africans, there was obviously there was quarantine issues and, and that just sort of stopped the big South Africans and Mike de Kock in, in Dubai, which used to give it a bit more of a competitive feel. Now it's just a sea of blue, isn't it? How long did it take a goo goo to get over there? Oh, the amount of hoops. She, all she wanted to do was go globetrotting. Go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling she's pining for some globetrotting. And I get the feeling that she's pining for some globetrotting. Mm, and she was pining for a long, long time, but she could not get there. But they were some of the... The better days in in Dubai, if you like, it's still a good standard of racing over there. But it really, it really does feel lopsided until we get to the you know the sort of big two, the big finale at the end of the Carnival World Cup night, and that sort of lead up three weeks before. But this was yeah up to scratch, not Ben Battle, not versing Getterix, but you know, Dream Castle mid range. Yeah, it was a horse that came down here and won a Jebel Hatter, which is where this horse will go next. Most of these horses will go next. Blair House, remember him? He came down here and I think Rents got rolled as a short price favourite, I think, in McKinnon, but he ran touched off maybe in a Caulfield Stakes by Ben Battle. He is more like that Valiant Prince and all these horses fit in behind him somewhere. So that's sort of the level that you're talking about. And that was the top rated performance? It in, was the best performance anywhere. Of, yeah, we didn't have a lot to work with. Didn't have a lot to work with. The around the ground segment is going to be quite short, I think, this weekend, but that was comfortably the top rated performance of the weekend, but special mention to Levante winning in New Zealand. Yeah, well, which we should leave her to around the grounds. We'll, we'll oh, you'll have nothing. <laughs> we'll otherwise, I'll have nothing. We'll make that one of the grounds, mm. Trentham, so we can dish out jockey awards. And let's start. This is our first of the year? First of the year. So we better start on a positive note. Well, Parnham's on five Pendriffs already to begin with. Oh, you've given him a head start. <laughs> in fairness to Chrissy Parnham, he got it right. He jumped off Alaskan God to ride Stafford's lad. Stafford lad ran second in the Perth Cup. Alaskan God disappointing. After such a big run first up over 1,400, he largely was disappointing for the rest of his preparation. So 
interesting to see what they do with him when he comes back. But credit to Chris Parnham, he got that right. <laughs> and another jockey that got it right on the weekend was Holly Watson in the Miss Andretti Stakes aboard House of Serenity. Big fist pump across the line when she won aboard House of Serenity first up. Was that a, uh, I've just won the Morikawa fist pump? This was first up. Oh, I saw that fist pump. No, yeah. that was a cracker yeah. on New Year's Day. Yeah, no, that was terrific. Racing was the winner. Mm, I'm going to say her first stakes win and backed it up on the weekend, stretching House of Serenity to 1,100 metres, finding the front comfortably uh, from one of the outside draws in the smaller field and pretty much gave them no chance. Will Chino sat outside and she put her to the sword on the corner. Comfortable winning margin in the end, returned to New Career Peak and you can't ride the Ascot 1100 metres or you can't pace the Ascot 1100 metres any better than what Holly Watson did on the weekend. So had the horse underneath her but has put in two really good rides and has won two listed races as a result to begin this prep. And now clubhouse leader. Clubhouse leader, straight to the top, Holly straight Watson. Straight to the top. Well, that's that's a good award. So we start the year on a, on a real positive note there. We won't touch on Sydney. There's no need to. No, I, we actually haven't got card right. We need we need to get a second a second set of splits through for that. But from my first glance at things there, which I haven't spent a lot of time on, but it very much looked like the kids were in charge mm. at Rose Hill. There was a lot of fast finishing. I noticed that, which might be pattern of the day stuff. I doubt it. Well, there were a couple of races that weren't, and they were the races that returned the best time. So relative to ability, so. No, Rose Hill was uh, not a jockey's paradise on, on Saturday and no, Holly Watson would have just cleaned him up mm. had they pitched her east, but she had important work to do in the west. This disappoints me, the Pendrith, but we've got to play by the rules. The rules are the rules. We're governed by the rules. Absolute friend of the show and a numbers star, Luke Nolan, was the worst ride at Flemington on Saturday. By some way too. And it, I'll tell you what, the standish and the jockeys in the standish set him a task. They put the bar nice and high in a deplorable standish. My goodness. It was it was a, a Pendrith was going to take plenty of winning. Western Empire's gone enormous air and he looked horrendous watching it live. If you weren't Jai McNeil there, you up against the wall and stern lecture. I would have I would have thought for every jockey in the standish that wasn't Jai McNeil, who also gave the Morikara a bit of a nudge with Typhoon Harmony. That was a that was a gem. Beaten. And Typhoon Harmony, probably you'd have to say ratings-wise, was disappointing giving, given the ride that he got. Well, welcome back, Jai McNeil. He's back. Back in form. Good on him. Luke Nolan, out of sorts. Victory Bay, this is a tactical decision. This was decided from the off. He had the awkward gait. Let's, uh, let's snick. They made it real awkward. <laughs> <laughs> real awkward to the point of impossible. And Victory Bay was left squealing home from a hopeless spot and did well to finish as close as he did Victory Bay in the last. Two-to-one shot, he was a little bit easy. Perhaps word had filtered through that this uh, this poor decision was about to be made. It was made. Mm. Um, well, thank goodness he didn't sit three wide because it might have been hard for him. Did you get sent the audio? Instead, they made it impossible. <laughs> I haven't heard the audio, but, oh, jeez. I don't think it'll be as scathing because I get the feeling Moods was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we, what we actually want to get is the um, the audio messages from the owners to other owners outside of the train. <laughs> they did what? <laughs> <laughs> Annoying if you're Victory Bay because he's no star. No. Pretty limited. He's a horse bang in the 90s and he'll never get out of there, I wouldn't have thought, ratings-wise. Yeah. But he is racing really, really well. He's turning up and banging it into the 90s. He couldn't hear. He ran into the 80s, but his late splits say that was all a product of the race that he was asked to run. Mm. 
and he got caught up in that like ridiculously slow race a couple back behind the Wangaratta winner of Basutans. He's exceptional. Yep. And then denied last time again when not as obviously so, but again, nah, he wasn't an unlucky loser, but he ran well and didn't win and that, you know, that happens. Yep. And then running really well here, but not given a chance to win. So he's racing really well. He's no better than these races. Uh, he need and probably deserves to knock one off. You're running but out you of only time. get so many chances, yeah. And um, <coughs> the, well, good, the good ones are starting to come back. Sydney's yeah. carnival kicks off next week. Yeah, well, didn't but it look like it at Rose Hill on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was banging on about that for a while now, but that was a uh, that was a poor ride on Victory Bay from friend of the show, I would say, Luke Nolan. Out of character. And out I guess of character, and he'll, he, he'll write this horrendous wrong. We do have categories for the Pendrith within the Pendrith, and I'm going to say Luke falls into the bucket of slaughtered to instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's absolute howlers and there's, well, you did you made a bad decision in cahoots with others. So this, you know what, Moody gets half of this. Yep. But I, and absolute honourable mention to, well, a positive honourable mention to Jai McNeil, who won the Standish, the feature on Snapper, and put up an even better ride on Typhoon Harmony, in my opinion, but a dishonourable mention to every other jockey. Behind him. Behind him in the Standish. Poor show. No catapult there on Saturday? No. Dad, what are you doing to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, catapulted would have ripped them to pieces. And he also would have ensured that we had a true standish <laughs> as opposed to the jiggy jog fast that we got. So I suppose Western Empire is the interesting runner out of that because he looked terrible. Mm. But he did run... 33 flat? Uh, just give me one second and I will tell you. He ran, yeah, basically 33 flat home. He doesn't go... That's that's him. ...too fast for him. That's a. They're obviously... You, you can kind of be a bit more gentle on Mott on Western Empire because they were always going to ride him that way, I suppose. Mm. But one of the interesting things is I think the I think the idea that permeates around the connections and trainers and such such is that by riding him two speed or riding a horse two speed, you're giving him a nice quiet introduction. Yeah. Or ride him slower than fast. But if you know that it's changing speeds is what takes energy and exponentially so, surely r- riding the race in two speeds and aggressively changing speed is actually harder on the horse than running evenly. Yeah. I mean, go down to the park and do it. Yeah. What's harder on your car? Fanging around, you know, the suburbs at different paces or just cruising along the highway at the same speed? From the vision I saw from Summonats, <laughs> going to say the highway does less. We don't have much else to talk about. One thing <laughs> I <laughs> really makes it hard, tumbleweeds and... Uh, Track that clearly needs a renovation at the Gold Coast. At the Gold Coast, you know, if they're calling, when the, when if the they're bulldoze, calling races off for tumbleweeds, I mean, I hope stewards don't go out the back at Queenbeard today and look in the betting ring. <laughs> It'll be off. It'll be off. <laughs> but when the bulldozers are booked to come to the track on Monday, you knew the track was in dire straits, hanging on by a thread. I hanging feel a bit fresh. I do too. You know what? That track was slaughtered to instructions. It was. <laughs> That's <laughs> deary me. It's too hard. You need to water it. Watered it. Why'd you water it? Yeah. Oh. That's brutal. You brutal. can't win. And they've given him a track that's limping to the line anyway. Yeah. And then give him bad instructions. So mm. they've given him a broken down horse that's done two tendons. And then... Hasn't been fed. <laughs> and then they've told him to snick it. And then gone, oh, well, you never even got into the race. <laughs> Gee whiz. Poor Navesh. Poor Navesh. Hopefully it goes well on Thursday. One thing I will touch on, I was sure we are going to talk about it until the races were called off. Skirt the Law got into favourite. 
on Friday night, if not Saturday morning. Well, we'll continue to see this evolve over till Thursday, won't we? Well, it's back out to seven. Oh, okay. So what was that? Are we going back? Well, there'll be another race day move for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was utterly uh, it bizarre. On, it, could it be as simple as it had one on a soft track? And I, off the top of my head, Sun Source and it were the only two maybe. can't remember. God. I mean, I don't two wanna, whole days ago. I don't want to point out that you don't remember things, but Empire of Japan and what's Gay Source? Platinum Jubilee. You're getting into me for not remembering. <laughs> Platinum Jubilee. Was the Breeders in Jim Crack on soft ground? That was wet, It was yeah. in Sydney, yeah. Mm. Anyway, it was bizarro. Two-year-olds, actually, we didn't get the millions off, but the two-year-olds were interesting on Saturday because VC won at Flemington. Did you see that by any chance? No, I missed all it, of Flemington. It won really well. And the time was okay. The splits were good in cahoots with the time. I've yep. now said cahoots twice in this podcast, having not said it in 15 years. Mm. <laughs> Word of the day. <laughs> Word of the day. No, it won It won really well, VC, and I think busted 100 on Dubu, which is pretty rare rare. That Just is rare rare. The rating that VC ran there is about 10 a season. Do that on Dubu. Okay. So that's, you know, it's not ridiculous, but it's not... Um, it's it's, yeah, it's rare. It's rare enough to say, hey, hang on, this could be... And when you print out the list, <laughs> and I happen to have... I said, how are we going to fill this podcast? Oh, I've got so much garbage. When you print out the list, it's, I mean, obviously they can go one of two ways here, but there's a lot of good names on it that have run similar debuts. So around this 102 mark, I see Loving Gabby, Paul Laley. This is the last five years. Yep. Uh, what's that's pretty good. Did I just say the Autumn Sun? No, you no, didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, he's in there. But then, of course, on the same score, Remark. Ah, uh, the minor um, Remark. Yeah, but you've also got Forbes. Uh, he won a Maria last week. Ariaf. Uh, yeah, Ariaf, I think, beat Montesira. Remember when Montesira was boomed up? Ariaf turned around and beat her on Debu and a couple of others. The form worked out okay, but he didn't. Uh, Sun Ops, who is Sun Ops? I think Sun Ops was a Gerald. Ran second in a breeder's plate. Right, there you Fast. Go. So, last five years, five best. Oh, no, let's not make you guess five. That's asking a bit much. <laughs> I know we've got time to kill, but maybe not. <laughs> give, give me the top couple. Give me the top three debut winners. Debut, last five years. And you know, it's funny because I know you saw this list, but I had printed it out wrong and I've had to reprint another one, so you, you stitched up. Uh, <laughs> I was going to pretend. Cool and Gatta has to be one. Uh, well, she's in a, we'll say she's in a tie for third. Really? Mm. There's two There's two that have run higher ratings and Acrobat's got one to match, so I'll give you one there, Acrobat. So that's two Kieran Mars. At stud. Straight to stud Acrobat. He oh. was. Did he win at Warwick Farm on debut? No, where was he? No, he won the nursery. Nursery, that's right. Nursery, ran 109. And Extreme Choice won that race on Dubu outside of my little time zone here, but he ran 115, I think. Mm. He's very fast. Acrobat was pretty fast too. I remember you saying... Shame he didn't kick on, and it's a shame that the two above him didn't kick on either because between... This is just a series of hard luck stories at the top of this list. Okay. I remember when Acrobat won on Dubu, you were really taken by a fast scent rock being able to do that so early. Mm, because he didn't look, um, yeah, they went on Dubu and they're by squib over squib, mm. whereas he was by fast scent rock. And you thought, wow, the pedigree, he might be a three-year-old. And if he's a three-year-old that can just be that fast, maybe he's good. Mm. So, you know, when all these horses retire to start and everyone blows up and goes, ah, more squib to start. With Acrobat, I was like, no, that, that, if they just got unlucky with him, that might be okay. Yeah. He might actually be a horse that could, you know, there's a bit to him. Anyway, he was fast and he was third. Two more. Okay. So there's some hard luck This will be the longest podcast we ever do in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Hard luck stories in there. So Tassort. Yep. He was top. He was top. Mm. He did win by five and a half on Dubu. Won the golden gift by five and a half. Mm. Slipper favourite. Officially goes in the what could have been 
It's not quite a million. It's Jordan. She ran 124 at a second start. Imagine if you owned her. Oh You'd be absolutely ropeable. But these are in similar case. Why has it happened like this? Mm. They're too fast for their own good. The next one is interesting because I don't think people remember it, but I do. And it, it is doubt I'm dreaming for Johnny McArdle. And I doubt there's a night where he doesn't go to bed and dream about what that might have been. He ran 111 at the Valley on Debut. My goodness. And that was on Debut over 1,200 second half of the season. So it's, it's legit. Guinea's horse. Like, oh, my God. Or, you know, at least a horse of substance. Doubt I'm dreaming. Yeah, I'd he's just throwing his, Johnny he, He's geez. just throwing his phone through the window. I oh, know. Sorry, John. I know he's a massive fan of the show. Absolute podcast nerd, John McArdle. Sickening. <laughs> so, getting back to the point, I think you were originally <laughs> trying to make is no, VC looks quite nice, and yeah. at Rose Hill, you would have thought those two-year-olds look quite nice. as Massive well. gap to third, and the pace was weak as well. So, the yeah. gap to third is, I think, more meritorious given the gap, given and, the pace. And love to see when they look good and they come from good ones. Both out of high-rating dams. Mm. Mm. And Kieran Ma during the week said it's their best filly. So the second oh. horse, mm. yeah. So all that sort of stuff. Can they progress, do you think? It looked nice. And the, the late split, as I said, we haven't, conf- I haven't, really, we haven't really got stuck into Rose Hill yet, but it, at a glance, it's, the time is poor. Yeah. But I'm almost saying the time being poor adds, irrelevant. adds yeah. to the first two. Yeah. It's not great for the not great for third back. I wouldn't yeah, have thought, yeah. uh, unless some of them did something sectionally significant. But I'm guessing they did not, and that the first two other horses to follow, and I'm guessing that's pretty much how everyone will see it. So Preble. But they look, they look good. Yeah, Preble shut it down, Pants them, yeah. I think. He shut it down mid-race and then had a horse good enough to quicken. So that's something, something. Must be fun riding for Gay. She makes a lot of jockeys look very good. She does. How many jockeys are all of a sudden in fantastic form and then you look at their last 50 rides that have, they've, this jockey's found fantastic form and realised that they've just found more rides for gay. Yeah. Yeah, because she takes all their stupid ideas and replaces them with one good one. Mm. Go forward. Go forward. <laughs> run, run your race evenly. Don't be too cute. Although Preble was playing a little bit cute here, but he obviously had enough horse to do it. Yep. So fair play to him. And did you see him win on Ringmaster? Did you see him go around the Rose Hill corner? I'm not a video watcher, as you know. It's as if you've backed this thing. Um, what, <laughs> watch him Shanghai around that corner. My goodness. Crystal Lily-esque. Yeah, he's a, he a cool jockey, Preble, I must say. He's a lot of fun. Do you remember Crystal Lily down the straight before the slipper? He was riding her, just travelling along mid-race or whatever, and then clicked up, and then he gave her, <laughs> he gave her the old Hong Kong shillelagh, like a proper clip around the backside. And she, I, you know how you talk about horses, sometimes you can actually see them quicken, and I'm always saying, I'm always being negative Nancy, saying, oh, they don't even quicken, they're just slow, slower. And yeah. I'm, I'm always that guy. Yeah. She went off like a rocket. Yeah. It's worth watching. It's a nothing two-year-old listed race down the straight or something. Yeah. It might have been, what's the race, the thoroughbred breeders? It might have been something like that just before the slipper. But my goodness, you went like a rocket. Yeah, you say you can't see horses sprint. Go back and watch Lankin Rupees, Newmarket. Mm. You properly see him sprint there. Yeah. My God, that was a horse in the zone. Mm. It was a, he was that good for one prep only, really. Yeah. He, was Super pretty, prep. he was pretty good either side of it. He was a fizzer until they gelded him. Yeah. Pretty good either side of it, but that one prep. Oakley, Rubiton, Oakley Plate, Newmarket, TJ, TJ Smith, yeah. all of them were. All conditions, all challenges. Mm. No, he was. And well, carried the frog. He was world class for a prep. Yeah, and carried the frog. Well, that was back when the frog was my man. Are we going around the grounds? Do you want to press the button? Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. We'll start east. 
Very east because there's no point going to the Gold Coast. We'll go to Trentham. Yep. Levante back. She won the Telegraph for the second straight year. Last year, she beat Rockin' Horse, who came across and won a new market on the back of that. And then she went and ran the race of her life, beating on Trevier over 1,400 at Tay And she was she should have won the new market. Yep. Levante, she won... She won my new market, uh, but I thought she was pretty. She was pretty plain behind Imperatrice the other day. Imperatrice went really well, um, but she was better than that. She still wasn't at her best here. No, and you can't rate it very highly, even though it's a two of them clear out. Levante and Babylon Berlin, Babylon Berlin, Titanic struggle was well, the headline I saw. Was it? Mm. Laying it on a bit thick, but that's <laughs> no. It was I. I must admit, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and it was a good race, but it's two fifty to one shots. There is a space, but it's not a big enough space. Yeah, okay. So the third horse here, I note. Who's now group one placed. If in doubt, get out. Has won a sort of pair of 74s, they've gone 75s now, benchmark races, but lost off a mark of 78 in his last five. Beaten off 78 in his last five. She's a catch who's run fourth, has been beaten only 4.6 lengths. So it's a big gap to third and fourth, but it's not miles. And so we're looking at 15 straight losses since starting two for two from two. Fifteen straight losses, the last eleven in seventy five handicaps off ratings off the like benchmark essentially of sixty eight seventy. So if you get beat eleven times off sixty eight seventy, you're starting to think you're not better than sixty eight seventy. And that rating, how that scales to our ratings is a little bit different, but it's hard to think that all of a sudden they're I haven't typical jumped. group one, third and fourth. No. 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 So it's very hard, even though Levante beats them by what, fourteen, fifteen pounds. They're not hundred horses. <laughs> it's a very optimistic uh, claim to make. So they didn't clear out entirely, as you would have liked. Now that can be a product of pace, and probably is, but um, it's not a high rating race. No. But, but at the same time, I will say that it it backs up. We know that Levante can go better. Yeah. And and winning here at the very least says that she's in pretty good health, and she's probably not my and she isn't miles miles from that. That best form. We've seen her twice in Australia. She ran 110 on the wrong side of the new market and she ran 116 in the the other rock and horse race. I think she's a better horse than rock and horse, but she hasn't got the better record. And now she doesn't even have the better rating. So, um, but that should change. Imperatrice is the same. So mares continue to, I think the best four horses over there, Defibrillate won the 10 furlong group one the other day. The champ. He's, I love Defibrillate, of course, but he's a group three horse at best. Um, but the best horses over there all rated 116, Levante... Imperatrice and La Creek, who disappointed here over Cup Week, and so did Mustang Valley, who'd be fourth. She won the good race at um, the Hawks Bay Carnival. But it's, yeah, continues to be very much mares dominated in New Zealand. Anyway, I'm rambling now, but that's uh, the start of Around the Grounds. We'll come a little bit further east. Sydney, Maria Mia, 109 first up, dusting the 108 rated Midwest. I think you would have to say they still didn't find a way to, to win on Saturday, but both of Friedman's horses went to Sydney and ran well, and the tide has got a turn for them. Mm. They've got to start pouring in some winners pretty soon, don't they? Yeah, maybe put a jock on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no. He slammed the brakes on Midwest. Yeah, okay, that probably, yeah, okay, that's not a, yeah. I, I must have been, I haven't watched the, I don't know, I don't know, but I thought it was funny because I, <laughs> I don't know, um, did he do anything wrong on Snapped? Are you joking? 
Yeah, no, I, I don't oh. know. I don't know the answer to this. I, I, I watched. It, I watched just, it live. I can't tell if you just. I watched it live, and I was kind of laughing and doing the whole Seinfeld quote thing, and thought that was funny. But I didn't even really pay. I don't really know whether. And then, I, <laughs> did you do anything wrong? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh because when I started telling you on Thursday that Snap was my best bet, you yeah, gave me right. you gave me this look. Oh, you want to you want to back Cartwright, do you? Oh, you enjoy that. Um, and it unfolded. As expected, inside draw for a horse that gets back, you need luck. And this is making me, this is painting me in a bad light. This makes me sound cruel. Well, it's not cruel, it's just being smart with your money. And yeah, it just didn't get. I think the problem was he went in with the plan that he needed to get to the middle of the track. And yeah. once that didn't happen, there was no plan B. Plan B could have been easily just go up the fence. They went so slow in that race as well. Mm. You know, so many of the races in Sydney, they went just way too slow. It was probably only the highway and the Hokkaido race that were really well run, wasn't it? Mm. Which is, yeah, I mean, the big guys aren't. They're not home. And they're the touch points for the the second tier. They look to, because I assume this is how, I mean, jockeys, they talk about jockeys having a clock in their head, but really they just operate by focusing, you know, by being close enough to the, the rest and they work it out through like the wisdom of the crowds, right? Yeah. Well, we in all, Hong Kong, you just see where Zach is. We all have a guess and play off the others and you know, follow the leader a little bit. And you know, b- between Bohm and J Mac and a couple of other Tim Clark and whatever, you're going to get pretty close. And you take the you know take the best of all of them and follow them, and all of a sudden you end up running your races at about the right pace. It's kind of incredible how right they get it. They're unbelievable most of the time, but when those key touch points disappear, you you can sort of tell because races are a little bit funky. Mm. That seems to be the case. As I said, we're we're probably rattling on without enough information to be. Yeah, Maria is a good little horse. I know her from her Melbourne days. Yeah, it's disappointing with Spacewalk returning as a gelding. He obviously didn't get the right run, but now it's sort of I don't really know what to do with him because he's the unlucky runner and he's going to go around short price next start. He's probably just you leave him now. Mm. That was your chance on the weekend. Wasn't any harder for Snapper to win the Standish, the way things unfolded. 110 there, which is him running out of his skin. Well, it's him getting everything to suit him. But good enough to – he's still got to front up and run a good number and win it, which he did. Uh, Rose Courts, maybe unlucky loser. Yeah, yeah, probably. I would say Vespertine. Vespertine was given zero, uh, and she might be – she's a lot better than that. Because she ran her rating winning cup week was is a little bit of an outlier, I think, and she's nowhere near it here. So you start to think, oh, that's that's all wrong, but I th- I suspect not. <laughs> if that makes sense, I suspect she just wanted a, a truer race here, and she would have been somewhere near it, which would have been somewhere near Snapper, uh, and then we roll west, and the Perth Cup would have been the best race on Perth Cup day. Yep, looked a terrific winner to my eye. Smoked them. Smoked like big margins throughout the field, which, I mean, you're going to get in a, a race over a bit further and with a few doubtful stayers in, in the race. But the right horses up there, Kalgoorlie Cup winner, truly inspired, won a trial. Derby winner was in there, so it's locally, it's a representative lineup. Mm. I think it all worked out pretty well. Buster Bash absolutely walked in in the lead up, as he touched on, but one of those slowly run staying races, you weren't really sure what to make of it that if you adjust for sectionals it looked very good and he's certainly taken that to the Perth Cup only really one bad race once he got 
you know, beyond 1,400 metres this time in, which was in the railway and didn't run his race at all that day for whatever reason. Maybe the quick backup, but he'd won on the quick backup going 1,800. So you can see where David Harrison thought he was following the, the right formula, 28 days and then a quick backup saw him win over 1,800 and he did similar going into the railway, but just didn't run his race that day then was very impressive 21 days later and then 35 days into the Perth Cup in the end after the race was delayed and far too good. Figure of 111 puts him right up there with some of the be- the best Perth Cup winners we've seen this century. Delicacy is the top of that tree. Officially a good horse. Officially a good horse, a real horse. Where can they go with Buster Bash, do you think? Will they well to the paddock now, I assume? Yeah. But he's a he is a promising enough stay to have a little look east, yep. I would imagine. So I noticed, like, just looking at his form here, I noticed that he's is he five from six at eighteen hundred and above, beaten once, and all six times that he's been eighteen hundred or further, he's run to a new peak. Yeah. So further is good, and so if you look at that rating and try and pick a couple of winners from the east to slot him in next to, it's sort of on the heels of Card Noir, no compromise on the heels of a Metrop winner. Yeah, okay. So well, Saracen Knight, Herbert Power. 111 would win him a Metrop, really. He'd be That's, down yeah. in the way. Well, I've got yeah, I've got 112 horses. Are, yeah, no compromise in Cardinal Noir. Saracen Knight, a pound better than them. Surefire, a pound better than them, but probably a bit more promising, I suppose. But you, you wouldn't say Buster Bash is not, you know, he's he's been around for a while. He's had some goes, but he, as I said, his record over distances is still pretty untapped and still heading the right way, so... Is he less promising than Shawfire? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. But he's um. Those are the races he could. Yeah, he could have a, a lash at. Maybe he could. No, they probably won't. They'd probably come up too soon. I was going to say maybe he'd go to Queensland and run in some of those Monarch races up in Queensland, but it'll come too soon. He's probably tap the brakes and have a slow build to the spring. Would be. Yeah. Yeah. Set him for a metro. Yep, have to. Who was the come play with me one a Metro? Mm, he did. And Buster Bash would be better than come play with me, right? I think so. I mean, you do the ratings. He absolutely is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly before he came over and got to Waller anyway. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying give him to us to Waller. No, take I just want that on the record. Yeah. Don't bring him over yourself. Old head collar. Yeah. No, don't don't go doing that. But I think the no, he fits in. He's a good horse. Yeah, and the biggest plus for him too, he races on speed. Oh, it's fantastic. So actually, yeah, such please, a big oh, advantage. I'd take all that back. Forget the Metro. Just bring him to Melbourne for. My sanity's sake, just to make sure all the races are truly run. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you'll probably nick a few. I thought you were going to say give him to Gay. Oh, well, that I mean, if you are coming east, that's one thing you could do. Yep. I would have said you could give him to Moody as well, but after Saturday and Victory Pay, I'm not so sure. Could be gone, Moody. <laughs> Watch this space. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's all she wrote. That wraps us up. We'll be back with the preamble on Thursday. Depending on what time we record it, we might actually be able to touch on the guineas and the two-year-old race because they've they've changed the whole race day. The we two-year-old should, race is race three. We should do the podcast live during the guineas. And sc- Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Green Shadows hits the front. Oh, God. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, guys.